Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network from Learfield. Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Presented by Folding Warehouse, Ipsy, Ann Arbor. Your chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. The 101st homecoming for Eastern Michigan University is this week, and we celebrate it here on the Eastern Insider. What a way to get people back to campus, Alex Jewell. Get that green and white banner out. Remember, it's not just a Saturday event. Homecoming kicks off on campus tomorrow, Greg. Eastern Michigan Athletics at emueagles.com. We put out a big release this morning detailing all the ways you can be involved on campus. Of course, though, we want you back on Saturday for the football game against UMass. 2 p.m. kick. Perfect time, by the way, for a college football kickoff, especially on homecoming. Leaves you plenty of time to tailgate in the morning. Gets you into the stadium comfortably. Still gets you home in a reasonable time at night. 2 p.m. kickoffs are a great thing. We hope you'll join us for the game against UMass. Plenty of conversation about that, Greg. Before we get into all the fun of homecoming week and the homecoming game on Saturday and some other things that are going around campus, let's take a quick listen back to what happened last week on this week's rundown. It was a busy week for Eastern Michigan Athletics. As we talked about, soccer was on the road. They took one on the chin in Muncie. They'll be back in action uh, this week trying to get their first MAC victory of the year after t- tying with Central Michigan earlier this week. Ball State is the opponent for EMU Volleyball next, but it was Toledo that got Eastern Michigan in straight sets on, fri- on Thursday and Friday at the George Gervin game above center. Well, golf was in action as well, but they're back into it already after finishing middle of the pack at their two invitationals. So much in store, you can always follow along on emueagles.com slash calendar for more info. So there you heard it. A lot of action that happened across campus and across our sports this past week, Greg. But as we turn the page to a new episode of the podcast, we also spend most of our time talking about the new and what's new this week. Plenty of action We already mentioned the game on Saturday. Friday is a big day. Eastern Michigan men's basketball, they welcome back their golf outing for the first time in uh, almost a decade, Greg. So that'll be a big day on campus. Lots of events going on. And I know you've got your teams in action already starting here. Yeah, yeah, right now we've got uh, both men's and women's golf in action. Uh, Men's golf is out on the west side of the state, Grand Haven at American Dunes for the Folds of Honor 
uh, Collegiate. That's a event sponsored by the Golf Coaches Association of America. All proceeds are going back to help those who have given back to our country. Meanwhile, you've got women's golf. They're in action at the Golf Week Classic, uh, which is going on in, kind of in the uh, hills of the mountains of Colorado. So great field for Stephanie Jennings and company. And then we get women's golf at home is coming up Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday with the annual Shirley Spork Invitational. So good reasons to come out for that. We also know uh, for your calendar, there's an ice cream social on Wednesday this week at the Student Center patio from noon to 1.30. There's numerous events that you can find out on campus, as Alex talked about. Uh, it's a great week to be part of the Eastern Michigan community to get ready for UMass this week. In our weekly conversation with head coach Chris Creighton, we talk about the Minutemen coming in. Remember last year, Eastern goes on the road to Amherst. It's a shootout for the majority of that game. A lot of pieces return from that uh, series a year ago, but a new bench boss in Amherst, Don Brown, who many people know from the longtime coordinator for Jim Harbaugh at the University of Michigan. He's now back at UMass where he helped win them a national title. Uh, not quite the same pieces he has, but he's building and their defense is very good as Coach Creighton will talk about. The best way to describe it, Greg, for those that are familiar with Ypsilanti, on Washington Avenue, the big boy was there right next to campus for a lot of years, and then it's changed in to a new seafood restaurant. The building's the same, some of the staff is the same, but the menu is no longer a big boy. That's kind of the situation with UMass football right now. Some of the pieces are the same, but as you'll hear Coach Creighton talk about, and if you watch his weekly press conference that was just put out a little while ago, you'll hear him talk heavily about the fact that this is a totally new scheme on defense and on offense. So if you're sitting there wondering, well, Eastern Michigan got to look at this team last year. They should know kind of what they're about. It should be easier to game plan because they've had they've gotten to play them in the last year. The answer to that is no. This is a brand new team, brand new style. And uh, this is an offense particularly that um, really is not like one that you'll see in the MAC. So going to be a challenge for Neil Nethering Company as well. And, of course, you mentioned already Don Brown. He's known for his defense, so that's going to be a challenge for Chris Creighton. A chess match should definitely ensue. UMass does not throw the football like they did a year ago. Threw for almost 315 yards a season back. This year through the air, 62 yards a game. So Eastern's defense will have to come up. Plus, we also talked with Coach about some other things from last week that are most not likely on-field related, but two scholarship surprises and one invitation back to help carry out the wrench that we spend a lot of time with talking as well so as always plenty of football coverage on their show ahead of the big game on saturday by the way greg mentioned some of the things that are going on this week also a jam-packed day on saturday for eastern michigan athletics the cross continues their fall, uh, fall ball schedule at cincinnati cross country both men and women they're back in action at the lou cross country classic in louisville kentucky of course the football game at 2 p.m and then swimming and diving it will go at 2 30 they've got a scrimmage at uh, the green and white scrimmage at Celine High School. And volleyball is the nightcapper on Saturday. They'll play in Muncie at Ball State starting at 6 p.m. So while you're tailgating after that football game, plenty of ways to stay in contact, entertained with a lot of other Eastern Michigan athletics that are going on. And Greg, speaking of lacrosse, we know that you'll talk to, to Chris Creighton today on the show. We also got a chance to sit down with Sarah Tisdale. She is the new head coach of the lacrosse team in their inaugural season. Uh, we were out at the lacrosse field yesterday at Sakuna Field, the new complex that soccer and lacrosse will share. And they had a fall ball game at the field 
And it looked as though it was like a championship game in the regular season, how many people came out to support, how many great recruits they had there on campus. So really excited for our conversation with Sarah. And I'm excited for our listeners to be able to get to meet her because I think she's pretty dynamic. And there's no doubt in my mind that she might build a championship style program here. Well, she's already won a championship at that school up north in CMU and then comes here helping build one. Uh, one of the winningest active coaches in all the country that you will find uh, a great leader to have in place. But you mentioned it. It was standing room only at the <laughs> fence from end zone to end zone at lacrosse. They came out in full force and really excited to have. It was my first ever lacrosse uh, match. And more importantly, when I was walking uh, down the line, of course, Carl Ebach, who you've heard on this uh, show before, our EMU super fan, he was there at his picnic table with his flag. He had soccer on his phone and was there at lacrosse and said, hey, I might as well be doing two Eastern Michigan teams at once. It was also his first lacrosse match. So it was a pretty incredible event. We're excited for you, the listeners, to get to hear from Sarah because, as I just said, she's pretty dynamic and there's a lot to look forward to as this season continues. So plenty of stuff going on on the show today. Coach Creighton with Greg. The both of us with Sarah Tisdale coming up. Reminder, it is homecoming week. We want to see you at home. We're excited to have you back on campus. If you want more information about what's going on in terms of athletics, always visit emueagles.com or our social media pages, every team and the athletics account. Go to emish.edu if you're looking for things that are going on on campus. And really quickly, Greg, one more plug. I know you want to see a lot of the former student athletes back that you've gotten to work with. There's still time to sign up for the All Sports Reunion that is going to take place on this Saturday during the game. It's a great chance for alums of all sports to get together again in one place at one time, see so many old coaches, friends, and family right down in the end zone. Pretty much every team on campus is doing their own tailgate around the game as well. So come back for that. But then officially inside the stadium in the south end zone, we need you there. You could go to emueagles.com for complete information on how to purchase your tickets to get into the south end zone club but we want to see a lot of folks back. And uh, I know we need you wearing your green and white to uh, shut down that maroon team coming in from Amherst. That's right. Lots in store on the show today. Let's take a quick timeout on the other side of this break. Chris Creighton, he talks about what his team needs to do to rebound for a homecoming win. Then we'll talk some lacrosse with Sarah Tisdale. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. Whether you're in the D or out at sea, we always bring you the E on the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. The Eastern Insider Podcast. Homecoming week upon us. It's the 101st all-time homecoming Week at Eastern Michigan University as the Eagles remain home to take on the Minutemen of UMass this week. A conversation with head coach Chris Creighton. Uh, last week, a, a tough one against Buffalo as you open conference play, but you jump back into non-conference play. Is it hard to make that quick adjustment back from league play to, to non-conference play again? Yeah, I don't think so. I, for two reasons. One, uh, you know, UMass was in the MAC. I, I think of them as a as a Mac team. Yep. And then we played them last year. So there's familiarity, even though it's a, it's a new program, new staff and all of that. Uh, some of the players, you know, are the same. And I don't know. I just, I think of them when they were in a conference, yep. it was the mid America conference. So, um, you know, it's, that's the kind of game it's going to be. 
they change head coaches. A lot of things change in that process. Don Brown comes in very defensive-minded. The last coach was more offensive-minded, and it was a shootout in Amherst last year as uh, almost 1,000 yards of total offense were combined between these two programs. When you think back to last year's matchup, what stood out to you most about that game? Yeah, I thought we it was you know earlier in the season and I, I, it was after Wisconsin, mm-hmm. right? So you know just didn't have any success offensively versus Wisconsin, and then you know the UMass week, I thought that we did a pretty good job of both running the ball and throwing it and just trying to be, you know, who we were. You know, it was not a, a run dominated or a or a pass dominated game for us. We were able to be in multiple personnel groups and you know, try to run our offense. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we felt good about the rhythm yep, yep. and how things went that way. Last year, they were heavy pass oriented. They still ran for 200 yards. This year, they want to run the football and haven't thrown it much. They're three, they're, looking back, Temple, they played three quarterbacks. How do you go about preparing for a system like that? Yeah, they're, you're right. It's, it's really um, unusual to play three. But, you know, their starter last year is still on the team yep. and is a good quarterback. But he throws the ball more than he runs. And I think that they uh, really like that the quarterback run game element. And so um, they have some guys who can do that. So that, I think that's the reason why they're playing Thinking, uh, three guys. Uh, this week or is homecoming, a special moment. Alums always come back. Uh, I, I know you. this will be your ninth homecoming. How important is it for people to come back to campus and take in all the festivities and the remembrances of coming back to their alma mater? Well, I just, you know, like you said, this is, I've never been out of school, my own or any other that, you know, been to nine homecomings, yep. you know? So, um, and the thing about, you know, Eastern Michigan homecoming is that people do come back. You know, it's a, it's a big deal. I mean, there's, it, it really is. I, I talk about this every year, but the, in 2016, um, I'll never forget it. You know, when we yep. turned on to Hewitt and we're getting there two hours and 15 minutes before the game and every parking lot was completely full. Um, and that's the year my wife called me and said, I'm, I'm stuck in Eastern Michigan football traffic, you know? Um, and so it's really been that consistently, uh, at least, you know, since 2016, where crowds awesome, you know, people are having reunions and the all sports reunion. Mm-hmm. And it's fun for us because we get, you know, former players come back all the time in season and out. But, uh, you know, there's, there's more that come back, you know, on homecoming. There's football is a game that is life lasting lessons. And you've taught so many of them here over your coaching career as well as at Eastern. And you had kind of three poignant moments over the last week that I really wanted to save these last few minutes that we have to talk about. The first one was kind of the the Friday night team meeting that you always have. And you were lucky enough to to have some scholarships in your pocket. And Jesus Gomez and Luke Cameron, uh, you surprised with, with scholarships for this year. How, it, one, it's life-changing for them, but how do you go about making that decision to put them on scholarship? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, we was talking about this earlier, you know, with our specialists, um, we have recruit hard our specialists and they know coming in that then they would have to mm-hmm. become the starter and be a worthy division one starter, not just the best on our team, you know, to, and we have scholarships set aside for punter, kicker and, and long snapper. Um, and uh, Jesus, 
had a really good year last year, but it really wasn't game, mm-hmm. you know, good year. It was practices and demeanor and all of those things. And, you know, just felt after, after three where he was uh, perfect is a hard word to use, but, you know, hasn't missed and yeah. in extra points or field goals or anything like that. And, you know, there's nothing that he's done in a year and a half to make us think that, you know what I mean? That he'd be any different um, going forward. And, and and again, don't expect for him to be perfect for the rest of his career. But, and uh, so, yeah, just, you know, thought it was, thought it was time. And then, uh, you know, coach Nethery has been uh, thinking about Luke for, for a long time. We got him from army West point mm-hmm. and came and, and walked on and, you know, different positions are different. You know, we really say, look, I mean, at some positions, you know, you got to be a starter, you know, and then some positions, there's, there's so much of a rotation. It's yep. like, look, you've got to be, you know, a guy, you've got to prove it in that you're playing in games and, um, you know, I don't say meaningful roles, but, um, and, uh, you know, he's been, you know, grading Luke all the way through and his productivity and, you know, he's very involved in our special teams as well. And so, yeah, I just thought it was time. And then on the other side of it, you also, uh, it was set up to be a two-folded surprise. One, to unveil uniforms, but it was also a way to get Zach Charlefort and his mom, uh, Lindsay, out there as well. They've been a part of your program since the kid was basically five years old. He's had some anxiety and some social issues that he's gotten into. If you haven't seen the video, we certainly have it on our website, but uh, Luke Charlefort, or Zach Charlefort, being able to have him at that team meeting, and I know his mom was very emotional for everything that this program has helped him get. What does he and the family mean to this football program? Well, uh, a lot. And so, you know, I think people on the outside, you know, you just kind of wonder with community service or, you know, these kind of things, like what's real and you know, and what's not, this is real. I mean, this is real. I mean, there's a, a real and a a legitimate and an impactful relationship that many of our guys have with Zach and, and their family. And, you know, I think part of the story is just what an incredible mom, um, Lindsay is, you know, she's just trying to find a way to help her son and was proactive you know, to reach out, um, you know, to see if we'd be willing or interested in meeting him and, you know, having him around. And, and I just, what happened from, from that time, I think back into 2015 mm-hmm. or 2016, yep. you know, all I can say is, is that it's like, it's a real, it's a real thing. Well, it goes two ways. Not only have you helped them, but I know they've been close to your family in some trying times that you've had. So, I mean, it's a both way oh. street that you get to develop. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, my wife um, lost her mom um, this end of this winter. And after a, you know, a pretty, a pretty long, you know, bout and uh, it's a long story, but uh, Lindsay was like an angel in terms of helping uh, my wife and I, you know, figure out care and facilities and, um, all of that, right. It's our first time through it. And, um, and so, you know, yeah, we agreed to meet Zach however many years ago and our, our guys have just like taken a genuine interest in him and there's, it's really, really cool. And then, you know, so many years later, I mean, she was just unbelievable help and I don't know, I don't, 
want to want to overdo it or whatever. But gosh, I mean, I guess that's how it's it's really cool when it works right. out that way. Yeah, it just shows the relationships are so much more than than football will ever be. Coach, we appreciate your time this week. Uh, certainly, best of luck this week against UMass. We hope to see everybody out at the factory two o'clock for kickoff. Eagle Walk will be. Uh, another good thing to, to come out for as well. Best of luck. Thanks so much. There he is. Head coach Chris Grayton as the Eastern Insider rolls on after this. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. You just heard from Coach Creighton. And in the open, Greg and I talked about another sport that's creating a lot of buzz around campus. It's lacrosse, and they are well underway, Greg. Their inaugural season coming up, but a full schedule of fall ball that is already underway. They've gone to Grand Valley, and just yesterday, they played here at home at Sakluna Field. Happy to be joined now by the head coach, Sarah Tisdale. Her first appearance on the show. Coach, welcome, and... uh I know you're excited that you guys are finally underway. We sure are, yeah. Thanks for having me. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun to uh, become a part of the Ypsilanti community here and, and become part of the Eastern family and then to showcase our very young program yesterday in front of a really good crowd. I'm not exactly the best Michigan weather day. It was tons of fun and, and just uh, really good energy and, and excited to have the start of this program. was not the best Michigan weather day, but it was kind of the definition of a Michigan weather day. <laughs> when I got there, it was sunny and a little bit chilly and very windy. And then it was very dark and cloudy and rainy. And then it was very sunny again and a little warmer and less windy, just all through the roller deck. So you had recruits on campus. I guess you showed them early what they could possibly expect. The only thing we were missing was a few flurries. And like a few weeks from now, that <laughs> could be very Don't possible. Say it. <laughs> yeah, you know, the recruits get a really good in, you know view as to our great facilities, you know, like a beautiful new field that can handle any of those elements you just talked about. And then adjacent to that, that you know, the indoor practice facility that we have where we can handle obviously a huge uh, recruiting event that we had in the morning and then also welcome them back if we you know, have to play a game in there. That's a big advantage for a Michigan school. You see what she did there, Greg? She turned that into a great answer for the recruits. <laughs> you can tell that this is a head coach with experience ready to build a championship program. Coach, before we get in to the new field, to the program, to the recruiting, to whatever we may be getting into Let's talk a little bit about your background because this is your first time on the show. Our listeners have gotten to hear from Allison Lane. You've retained her on staff, obviously, as she's going to be a big part of this program. You've welcomed in the rest of your coaching staff. Our listeners want to know a little bit about you as well. So before we get into the Eastern Michigan part of your journey, take us through your journey. How did you get involved in the sport of lacrosse? What have been the steps to get you to the position that you're in today? Yeah, born and raised here in the state of Michigan. Uh, so fortunate enough, uh, from Waverly High School in Lansing, Michigan, uh, my entire family pretty much is still in the Lansing area. And I had lacrosse at my high school. A uh, wonderful uh, teacher by the name of Bill Praler put a stick in my hand. Uh, always a gym rat, as most coaches are, where I played all the sports growing up. And, you know, when basketball, uh, was you know, towards the end of my basketball career, he said, hey, give lacrosse a try. And uh, so I came home my junior year of high school and said, I'm going to start a new sport, which not many people do. But as you talk to a lot of Midwest mm -hmm. lacrosse kids, that's how their start happened is, you know, a transition sport where they grew up playing soccer or basketball or volleyball and then found lacrosse by either a wonderful neighbor, mentor or teacher and puts a stick in their hand for the first time. Absolutely fell in love with the sport, won a high school state title my, my senior year and, and really just continued to play lacrosse. Uh, knew I wanted to be a teacher growing up. And so for me, uh, education's always been my path and was a high school teacher after I graduated from 
Central Michigan University in uh, 2006. And, you know, for me, uh, lacrosse, right time, right place. And, and really the sport took off in the Midwest in the early 2000s, really looking for really people that were passionate about studying programs, spreading the sport of lacrosse. And for me, I was fortunate enough to land at a place called Augustana College in 2010. Started their women's lacrosse program there. Spent four awesome years in the Quad Cities, which is right on the Illinois-Iowa uh, border. Uh, went to the Sweet 16 NCAA tournament twice in three short seasons there in my four years and really got a good taste of what it meant to be a successful student athlete through that Division Three experience. Uh, ended up at Central Michigan in 2014 studying their lacrosse program for them and have spent the last eight years of my life in the Mount Pleasant community and fortunate enough to come down here to Eastern Michigan and do this for my third program start uh, and have definitely learned a lot over the last 12 years uh, from wonderful athletic directors, amazing mentors in the coaching field and now fortunate enough to do this under here, you know, here at, at Eastern and, and you know, see if we can turn Eastern Michigan into that MAC championship program next. You forgot to mention that you were also the reigning Mid-American Conference <laughs> Coach of the Year and tournament and regular season champion. And you decided to make that journey south, rebuilding a program and building it from scratch after trying to maybe continue success at CMU. What was it that was like, Eastern's where I want to try to be? Yeah. So for me, when I had the opportunity to, to talk to Scott and, and back in May and just really think about what Eastern could be as a program, everything's here, all the pieces. And you see programs get started all across the country with missing pieces of that puzzle, whether it be facilities that aren't meant for lacrosse. You know, a lot of programs start and just play on their football facilities. Facility. Well, football facilities are meant for football, not women's lacrosse. And so for us to be able to showcase a brand new facility yesterday really speaks to, I think, what is here and what the potential is. So for me, knowing that we had every resource possible that were going to help us be successful as a program and help our student athletes be successful on and off the field, uh, having the staff that we've you know put together here really makes it you know a realistic goal to set our sights on that MAC title. When you think about your journey, you already mentioned, Greg just alluded to it, you're coaching at your alma mater. You go to Central Michigan. You get a chance to go back there. You built a successful program at CMU. Greg and I are both alums of Eastern Michigan <laughs> University. So we have both often talked about, and we do on air, off of air, talk about what it would take for us to leave if that were to ever happen. Because I know it had to be a tough pull to get you away from a, a program that means something to you and that you had built into a champion. Yeah, uh, great respect for Central Michigan University and all the people that came into my life because of that institution, both as an undergrad and then in my professional career as a coach. Uh, what got me to leave, you know, exactly what drew me to that place in the first place. When I had the opportunity to get to know Scott Weatherby here and just see some of the uh, people that he has put in place here to be successful and what you just spoke of, the passion for this place is, is incredible. And I knew that I could build a championship level program here immediately because of these people. And so no doubt, I, I still will always have maroon and gold running through my blood, but it turns out I look good and green too. So, you know, for me coming down here, and moving my family down to be part of this community wasn't an easy decision and definitely not one that didn't, you know, take a whole lot of thought and, and what this really meant long term for me. But uh, I knew that people are uh, I know that people are what makes, you know, these you know, program successful. And I know that we have all these pieces here uh, from a support system. And you saw that yesterday. I mean, there are so many people that came out from the Eastern community. I saw our super fan up there with his flag for our home fall game. I mean, that's just awesome. And you don't get that every place. And and you, you, you can say it. There's part of you that wants to go back up to Mount Pleasant with your new <laughs> team and uh, and lay down a beat down at some point, right? You know, that MAC title goes by way through, you know, some of the top programs. And, you know, I, I, I'm proud to say I left Central in a great place. And I know that'll be a great program for 
for years to come. And no doubt that's part of my legacy as well. But I also know that, you know, I'm here to win championships and do it the right way. And I strongly believe that, you know, with uh, with the group that we saw yesterday on the field, that becomes an immediate, you know, goal and something that's very realistic. Alicia certainly helped lay a foundation. Allison then carried the stick and torch before mm. you got here. How much, uh, how thankful are you to them for helping do that? And now kind of walk us through how you've gone about building your roster as well. No doubt about it. I would not believe, be here if I didn't have full confidence and faith in both Alicia Gerberson Jackson, uh, who's one of my best friends, um, and then both Allison and, and her, where they were able to really start this program and build it the right way. I know they value family just as much as I do. And so for me, I understood that I was walking into a situation where I was getting not only great players, but great families that came along with those guys. Alicia and I value family uh, equally. So uh, incredibly grateful for her. And I've given her a ton of credit for what she's been able to bring into this program. Uh, now, how do I put my mark on that? You know, I'm not trying to come in here and say, here's how I'm different as much as it is. Here are our values. I know why they're the same. I don't think Scott would have hired me if he was, you know, if I was going to come in here and change things and go completely in a different direction. We have the same values mm-hmm. and, and who we are as people really runs throughout this entire recruiting class. And so both Alicia and Allison, I'm very grateful for what they've given us and the talent that's there. And now kind of trusting me to build the culture around this program. Uh, those recruits are going to allow us that, you know, part of the you know next couple of classes to continue to do that. And yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for Alicia and, you know, she and I still talk often. And I know that this place is a, you know, will always hold a special place in her heart and, um, you know, nothing but admiration for everything that she's given to me as, as a result of her hard work over the, those last, you know, few months that she spent here. Well, let's ask the question because a lot of times in sports, we talk about a rebuild or a retool. It's not as often we get to talk about just a straight build yeah. from the ground up. That's what you're doing right now with the lacrosse program. And I think a lot of the fans that maybe have lacrosse experience or may not have the same question. What does it look like? How long does it take to get to the point where you expect to be winning championships? And I know it's not an easy question to answer, but what does the process look like over the next couple of years? It got a lot easier yesterday as I saw what they were willing to do as a group uh, to get ready and continue to, to you know, rise to the, ch- the challenge. So we played at Grand Valley you know, last weekend. And for us, uh, we went into that and you could see a lot of wide eyes, uh, a lot of nerves and a lot of excitement. Uh, and how do you put this all together? The chemistry was not there last weekend. And so I asked the, the group on Monday morning, I said, what was harder, the Grand Valley challenge last Saturday or the practice before that on Friday? And they all said the Grand Valley game. And I said, well, I said, that's where we have to really start making these changes is because as a program at the division one level, you get 132 days of practice. You only get 17 games. So 132 days, that should be the hardest challenge that you have where you compete against each other and you make each other better. And that game day becomes the easy day where you know that you're just there to showcase how hard you've worked those days. And on Monday, when I mentioned that, and I really got their their mindset in that place, they competed in a way where I have yet to see them compete. And they're very young, three, four mm-hmm. weeks we've been doing this, right? And so for them, they really bought into that and understood that, wow, these practices, this is where we have to really put that in. So what I saw on the field yesterday when we played Detroit Mercy was a group that understood the challenge in front of them, that they had to take advantage of every single one of those days of practice and compete like it was game day. So game day was a piece of cake where you got to celebrate and kind of show off front of your friends and family and, and fans. And so when I say to you that I think that this team has the potential to be successful right away, it's because of what they showed me in the last eight days. I'm not just wishing, hoping, and dreaming because I like you know championship rings and trophies on the wall. I saw it and I know what it takes to be successful. Talent's one thing, but it's the chemistry, it's the relationships. Are you willing to put in off the field all the work it takes? And so far they've shown us they've got exactly what it takes and they're willing to do that. And for a very young program, can't much ask for much more as a coach. 
One of the things I've been told about your program is you want to play fast. You mm -hmm. want to keep people on their toes. How would you describe the style of play that you want to be? Yeah, for us, I think it's being able to balance that out, right? So push, have fun, be athletic, uh, catch people by surprise a lot of times, you know, um, but also I think make the choices that are going to, you know, last for 60 minutes. And so you saw that yesterday. You saw some learning moments emerge to where we understood the importance of getting a huge stop and then how you take care of the ball mm -hmm. afterwards. Uh, so for us, you'll see us be very technical within those movements, but definitely we have the the horses, if you will, to play fast through the midfield, which is awesome. Um, you know, looking back at my first year, the both the, you know Central and Augustana, uh, there's a ton of talent on this roster, way more than I've had in either year one so far. Uh, and so this has been a lot of fun. And I think for style of play, you'll see a lot of, you know, uh, transition, fast break, uh, pressuring on defense, trying to get the ball back and really grinding our opponent down because I think our deep bench and the amount of talent we had will allow us to do that. Okay. People don't often like change or things they maybe are not comfortable with or familiar with. A lot of people in the Midwest just don't know the sport of lacrosse. Greg and I are in that boat. We were a little bit confused yesterday, but we were like, that looks good. I think maybe so. I don't know. Yeah. If somebody's listening to this and is kind of on that fence of like, uh, do I want to put in the effort to learn lacrosse? How do I get excited? Take everything technical out of it. Layman's terms from your perspective. Why? give lacrosse a chance? Why is it a sport somebody should become invested in as a fan of Eastern Michigan University? Yeah, so let's assume that somebody grew up in the Midwest where you grew up with basketball, ice, ho ice hockey, soccer in their, in their repertoire of sports that they watch frequently. Uh, you're going to find all those elements of that sport that you love and you grew up with in the game of lacrosse. So whether it be somebody that loves to have that run and gun style of, of basketball where you're constantly fast breaking and pressing, you can find that lacrosse. Hockey, the technical pieces where you're in the zone and you're really moving defenses around and trying to, you know, find those open lanes, you're going to find that as well. And obviously kind of the, the grinded out aspect of soccer to where you've got those really long plays and transitions. So somebody that grew up in this area that might not have had lacrosse as a high school sport or something that they knew that their neighbors were playing, they're going to find all those elements of the sports that they did love in the sport of lacrosse. You're going to find a lot of energy from my team, no matter what. You saw that yesterday on the sideline to where they were celebrating each other. They were enjoying this moment. Our teams have a lot of fun playing together. So even if you don't understand what's going on, I can promise you awesome celebrations after goals. Uh, one of the cool things about women's lacrosse is you have to drop your stick after you score a goal. The referee will then pick up your stick and check it to make sure it's legal, uh, but the pocket's illegal. Uh, and that has now turned into that, that end zone celebration that's gotten taken out of college football in the NFL to where you can't, you know, spike the ball, slam the ball, celebrate with the ball. The stick throwdown after goals has turned into oh, that yeah. to where it's like spiking it and then there's dancing and there's you know, celebrations and, and the sidelines go nuts. And so you get some of those elements that you love about other sports so much into this game of lacrosse. So, you know, I think for fans, it's definitely a learning curve to where you come out and you're trying to figure out some of those nuances of the calls that you're going to be you're seeing. But overall, you're going to see a really exciting product on the field and a lot of girls that want to work hard for each other. I was just going to ask you about that. And I was going to do like a rapid fire, have you explain the stick check because that was mesmerizing me yesterday. <laughs> You already answered the question. We in our office were saying it's kind of like a bat flip, like after a home run. Absolutely. It's kind of the equivalent. Like you could tell some of the, one of the girls yesterday scored, just kind of ran up, handed it to the official very politely. Another one like on the ground, slapped it on the ground, going nuts. So 
certainly something, if nothing else, to come out and watch that. So, Coach, we've taken up enough of your time. I know you've got a program to keep building. Can't thank you enough for joining us on this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. We hope that you'll be able to join us more as we get closer to the regular season so you can explain some more us Plus and the listeners. Plus, we need to have her back because she's wearing multiple hats in the athletic department That's as well right. as in charge of Eastern's uh, DEI program. So we'll have you back talk that next time as well. We will. So plenty still to talk about, about and with Sarah about the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts here at Eastern Michigan University. For now, though, we're going to take a quick time out. Greg and I back to finish up this episode right after this. Coach, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. This has been another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts for all of our episodes on demand.